yes, they, yes. they play Uptown Funk. They're, that's the answer. <laughs> that's what the Billy Joel tribute band plays is well, Uptown Funk. One of the best parts of that. That would be interesting, actually. A Billy Joel like rendition uh, version of Uptown Funk. Yeah. You know what the best part is? I think during his entire set, this cover band, they only asked the crowd to sing the lyrics once. And that's because as soon as you're they, a tribute band, you're carried by the crowd. No, no, but here's why. So when they did that, I started screaming the lyrics to "I Write Sins, Not Tragedies," because, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a family arena. It was only maybe a quarter full, and like mostly old people. So you, my pipes are louder than most of these white people's. And like, once my buddies realized, they joined. Why they gotta be white people? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 they were, they were. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> it was so fucking... <laughs> what song was it that they asked the people to sing along? I have no fucking clue, dude. It was not the two. So wait, it wasn't it wasn't Piano Man or, or no, it was Uptown neither Road. one of those. And wait, what? Why? I don't know, man. People were Why just... would you ask them to sing along other than other than... <sighs> hey, hey, the... I mean if you're playing a Billy Joel tribute, there's gotta be you're playing a set list of hits. Right? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about a more successful tribute. All right. Pantera. Have you heard about this? No. So obviously, Dimebag Daryl died in the early 2000s. Yes. And Vinnie Paul died a couple years ago. Okay. So, you know, it's kind of, it can't be that thing. But Phil Anselmo and the original bassist, name escaping me right now, sorry. Not disrespect intended, but sorry. You're, yeah. just, you're not the, you're the least memorable member <laughs> yeah, every, of Pantera. Bases are replaceable. Of, no, it's not that bases are replaceable. It's just that it's Pantera, right? So, like, Dimebag is like the, like, the king yeah, of yeah. like guitar players sure. who were lost way too early. Sure. You know, and then I mean we can give up for debate with that, you know. People could say you Jimmy can Hendrix or Kurt Cobain, but I'm not going to endorse that. I'm gonna say Dimebag was just the best. And that's just where I'm leaving it. Okay. Uh and then you know Vinny obviously like equally recognizable to Phil, I guess I could say Phil is one of the most iconic metal vocalists of all time. Sure. So Phil and the original bass player have resurrected and are doing a tribute of like live performances okay. with the drummer from Anthrax. Playing drums okay, and nice. Zach Wild of Ozzy Osbourne fame Ooh, and Black okay. Label Society playing guitar. Okay, that's and a the pretty... first show was in Mexico uh, on Friday. Okay, and it was I've seen it's nuts. That sounds fucking crazy. And now like, they Mexico are touring City? next year with Metallica oh, when man. they come. They're doing a worldwide tour. That's you know? fucking crazy. And the way the Metallica tour is going to work, actually, this is kind of cool. Uh, they're doing two nights every city. Oh. And night one is Pantera and Mammoth opening, yeah. and night two is uh, the equally less, like the way less desirable uh, Five Finger Death Punch and Ice Nine Kills opening. Ooh. But it's two different Metallica sets. Oh. So do you go to see all the hits? Yeah. Do you go to see all the tour and see I, all the music they're going to play? Is Metallica your absolute favorite? or Mine? No, no. I, I'm like saying if you're buying your ticket as like a fan, you know? If you're... Uh, an intelligent music liker, you are going for the Pantera Night One show. Yeah. Because you want to see fucking Pantera play some music. Yeah. And it, it rips. Yeah. That's it's fair. really cool. And then you could see Metallica as another. Like, it's it's, it's a, a big, little bonus. Yeah. I mean, you could see one of the big four thrash. You could see Pantera who can contend with the big four for thrash. You yeah. Know, not really thrash. Also, if, if, you're, if you're there for the opener, then the merch line just shortens up, right? When Metallica starts, if you want to be that kind of piece of shit. Um, I think we both yeah. agree we never go in the merch line until the show's over, though. Uh, okay, us individually, yes, yes. off experience, yeah. by far, you know, for sure. <laughs> like literally, every time we've ever gone to a show together, that's true. <laughs> but the most recent show I went to, that Smashing Pumpkin show, yeah, that I was talking about my sister and her friend who I took, mm-hmm. and I was the chaperone of. We went before everything started. Yeah, that's fine because we got there pretty early. Actually, yeah, yeah, and it was also because of the upper mezzanine being closed, not the most packed. Event, yeah, 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 so yeah. lines weren't crazy. Yeah, but you know what was crazy? Um. 
which I can explain this too. Also, oh, we just started. Yeah, we did a while ago. Yeah, I know, right? Welcome to One Ten Podcast. Whatever episode is it, buddy? Uh, fuck, thirty eight. No, damn. I haven't. I didn't ask you for one week, and I fucked you up. I wanted to test you. <laughs> damn. It's episode forty. Forty. Holy yes, shit! Sir. Wow. Forty weeks consecutive uploads. That's crazy. It is kind of crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. Um, consecutive so, is the craziest part about that. You know, consistency is key, my brother. Are we taking a break for Christmas? Um, we'll talk about that individually. We probably will. Not the camera. I have family I mean, visiting. Well, I mean, we'll take a break or we'll just film like an extra one. Yeah. And then we'll have one on, ready smart, to unload. Smart, yeah. Smart, yeah. Smart, we smart. need to do that anyways with the baby coming. Oh yeah. We're going to do a couple of those. Yeah. It'll be fine. That'll though. be fine though. It'll be way easier to do than before. I mean, we already literally just recorded 15 minutes without even realizing. Wait, did we? No, it's been four minutes. Holy fuck. You don't, you just don't know when I press the record button. <laughs> oh, that's true. We that's talking, true. But you don't realize when I press record. That's funny. That's very funny. I have no idea. Dude. So the prices of the merchandise at the Smashing Pumpkin show yes. that were insane. There was a zero like jersey. Okay. And it was $140. Holy fuck. What? Hang on. Now, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me explain a little something that I have a little intel on. And Put maybe a little giggle in it. Well, I'm sure you've noticed that like when we went and bought shirts at the DGG show, they were 40 a pop. It's like not bad though. Like it's not for... bad, but it used to be like thirty, like before the pandemic. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah and then sure. it used to be even cheaper before then. It was like twenty back. Then, yeah, like, like fifteen tour. bucks, bro. Like, Warp tour t shirts. Oh man, dude, do you remember the Warp tour? Uh, twenty fourteen was the year I went. Like we all were like walking around. Yeah, yeah, before yeah, Carl yeah, got yeah, yeah, pregnant yeah, with yeah, a kid. Yeah, 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 before yeah. baby. Yeah. yeah, before Carl had a baby. Cool. Yeah. So, at that Warp tour, my shirt got like fucked up. Yeah, I remember. And I went and bought a Lee Corey Oswald shirt. <laughs> yeah, I still have to this because I went and got my record that that was sick. Yeah, that was a great show. Dude, Lee Corey Oswald slaps. They're still good. They're still good. They're still good. Where did what band was it that your shirt got ripped at? I don't remember. Cause it was uh, I don't remember exactly what happened. I remember it was ripped or something, but my shit got fucked up. That's all I remember. Yeah, dude. I don't know. God, those were that was a great war tour. I, I crowd surfed at Attila that year. I also got to tell my sister and her friend on the way to the concert about yeah. war tour stories, and they were just like, "I wanted to go to that so bad. It sounds so cool." I'm like. Even if you would have gone when you were old enough for the last one, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the same. It wasn't thing. the same, bro. It wasn't the same thing. Like until probably after that. Year. I'll never forgive all you guys for not buying furry tails with me as a joke because they were like three bucks. Were they three dollars? Dude, they were less than ten. For I sure. was broke. Yeah, I guarantee I was broke. Oh, we all were. Well, I I, I was exceptionally broke. You guys I, were you guys were in high school still, like in your senior year. I, I was I was like twenty one. That was when I that was when I got my fake ID. And I threw up twice in the line because I was trying to finish the warm I beat. forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, you, and, you and Jensen. Dude. Yeah. That was great. Holy uh, shit. So, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So, the price, right? Of the 140. And then there's like the price of the hoodie being like 90. Damn. And it's like, right, right, right. So, you see the different things. That's 100 Thieves points. merch right there. Oh, yeah. 100 Sins. Because 100 Sins <laughs> is shipping it to you, at least, and not charging you more than that. Really. Yeah. Uh, but hear me out. Uh, I watched a video not too long ago about a guy who's like a a, uh, a tech, like a touring tech. Okay. Uh, tank. Yeah. Okay. Sick he, name. Very cool guy. Very, very neat guy. And he talked about uh, merch fees. And I've always known about these things, right? Because I yeah. did do local music for a while. So I did it to pay like a few merch fees here and there yeah. for some stuff, you know? But I never really understood how it worked. But basically, like industry standards, like twenty percent on sales yeah. within a venue, yeah. right? Especially like a big venue, I, like an so arena. Any. So, but then there's also other things like there's like categories for like your soft lines and your hard lines which okay. is like you know clothing yeah versus um cds and okay, posters yeah, yeah, and things yeah, like sure, that sure, right sure. different fees but then there's also sometimes a separation between certain articles of clothing so hoodies sometimes particularly get a bigger like, fee yeah that makes Cause, sense because it costs more money to make so yeah. you're selling it more so if they only get such a percentage why not increase that percentage by like 10 percent to 30 yeah so if you think about the math of a 140 dollar jersey 
and then you take into account that there's possibly a 25 to 30 percent fee you can do the math of what the band's actually making off that yeah, yeah, yeah and then you realize like oh yeah this is this is just the industry this isn't just well yeah it's, it's like um plus it, now tours are more expensive yeah i was like, gonna say than it, ever and it's like uh it's literally like when you're buying tickets for bands online now it's like because the tickets for dance so, gavin dance were what 38 bucks but the fees made I it 60 didn't pay for that ticket that's that so was hype. a gift to me for the meet and greet ticket oh uh, my birthday gift from jake and sam that's so nice it is nice yeah it was very cool but yeah like so like from like when i first bought the ticket i was like damn so it's straight up 22 dollars of this total sale is not going to the band yeah and then from that 38 probably like only maybe 20 bucks of the ticket goes to the band members maybe correct and then yeah. you divide that by how many people plus their crew and all these things exactly. it's like there's no money being made here yeah exactly or very little yeah so when you have to add those costs up pretty quickly it's like oh it makes sense yeah exactly but you know, um, price of business. Yeah, business is capitalism business, sucks. Know? No, capitalism doesn't suck. No system is perfect. No system is perfect. This is why communism fails. That's fair. Like literally, the, the, the communism on paper is the best government form. Yeah, it just doesn't work because of human corruption. Yes. So it's terrible. Yes, but capitalism like creates scarcity out of like want, not you know what I mean. I mean, what else you got that's better, bro? We're a self-dictating wait, wait, theocracy. What, what, what did Aiden call it? Fascism. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that. So Kanye has gone off the deep end completely. He has made Alex Jones look good on TV. So so here's what I thought, right? I thought that we could get allowed. worse like a weekend ago when we were first starting to get into the real meat of the Kanye sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Of like, yeah. what the fuck is going on yeah, with this dude yeah. recently? He was on uh, the Tim Pool uh, podcast yeah. and Nick Fuentes and Milo <laughs> Yiannopoulos and then yeah. Kanye were on there. Yeah. And Kanye walked off of that after, as he's done with a lot of other shows. Yeah. He's walked off a lot of them. Um, and this is prior to this, right? Mm-hmm. But this was like a, this is another point of he walked off of that show, yeah. a show where uh, heavy right wing ideology and like free speech is kind of well, welcomed in that way. And he was upset because he wasn't allowed to speak his mind enough about how anti-Semitic he wanted to be. That's insane. Which then that's when everyone was like, well, did you see the news today? And then I first saw the parlor thing and thought that's not happening. Yeah. But then I saw the Alex Jones clips. Oh, yeah. And I said, ah, humana, humana, huh? So he went on Alex Jones's Infowars. Yeah. Dear God. And Sheesh. I just want to before I say this sentence out loud, I want to make point of the reference of the Channel 5 video that Alex Jones did earlier this year i killed those kids killed it was me it was me i killed the kids it was me it was me jesus christ the government we all killed them we're all responsible we're culpable i'm culpable me me alex oh, jones fuck, so bro. he was going like off this year he's already been off the rocker several yeah. times and kanye goes on Infowars and makes a complete fool out of himself um and and says just some of the most horrible things uh about like liking hitler yeah Let's not demonize the Nazis. We got to stop doing that. Yeah. They did good things. Like the list goes on. Those are just the choice selects. They created the microphone that he uses. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Um. <coughs> but the point is, Kanye is irredeemable. Yeah. He's he's done. Like uh, I think Ben Shapiro tried tweeting. It's like. There, this tweet was three sentences. Oh, Benjamin Bo yeah, tweeting that he yeah. wanted you to know. Yeah, he's like, this is a mental health breakdown, and this is tragic that anyone is even having him on, which I agree with. It's tragic people are still platforming him, but um, it's, at this point, can you even blame it on mental health? Yes and no. So like, I think it's, I think. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, yeah, Let me yeah. explain what I mean by yeah, that. Yeah. So in virtue of responsible mental health for oneself. Yes. 
what you when you are having a mental health crisis or you understand your mental health has put you in a situation has caused you to be somewhere right mm-hmm. it is your responsibility as the person to understand that but not use it as an excuse yes so that is what i mean by that inherently in that nature like okay. yes mental health is at play here but it is kanye's individual responsibility yeah to be a, a person in this world yeah Right, and here's the thing. This is this is where I'm very disappointed in Ye as a figure who I respected. Yeah, I'm disappointed because he is brilliant, mm-hmm. but he's not brilliant enough to understand the culpability of his actions. Yes, especially being mentally unwell. Yes, so he doesn't take responsibility in the way <clears throat> what he should be doing, which is he should slow down. Yeah, you know, because like I I'm I'm bipolar. Yeah, I know I know not what it's like to be Kanye, but I know what it's like <laughs> to be bipolar. Yeah, and yeah, I can yeah. only imagine. What it's like. Yes, because he has so much uh, wealth. Paparazzi. He has no, so much wealth and he has so much esteem yeah. around him. He is oh, one of the most yeah. he's one of the most influential figures of pop culture in the yeah. last 15 to 20 years. Yeah. He is very relevant, right? Yeah. So when you're given all that yes, and we've seen a lot of examples with other celebrities who do horrible things, mm-hmm. when they're given a lot of yes. R. Kelly, namely, who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Big one, right? For sure. When there's a lot of yes men around you, there's a lot of yes people building you up, or there's a lot of uh, wealth to support your lifestyle and doing these things that are maybe not as savory or as available yeah. to continue doing over and over because you have said wealth. Yeah. yeah rather yeah. than your average mentally unwell person who is probably of regular or lower income. Yeah, yeah for sure. So that necessary self-reflection, that introspection to be a better version of yourself and not be, yeah, you know, some platforming Nazis or any Hitler ideology or uh, whatever you want to fucking call it. The point is, that's what's the tragedy of this. Is he's, a, he's a brilliant man, and he's trying to push himself <clears throat> into politics or all these other things or yeah. whatever, but the reality is, is that he's uh, he's gone too far, man. Yeah. He's just, he, he's just gone too far, and it's just kind of done. There was a... Bill Burr sketch from 2015, believe it or not, right? And uh, it was just basically yeah. it just boils down to like Kanye's ego is so big. There's only one other guy I could think of that matches it, and he just starts like speaking German and like obvious, not like Hitler euphemism. And That's it's, fucked up. It's fucked up, but like I it's mean, it's true. It's time up. is a flat circle. Shut up, idiot. Man. <laughs> <laughs> new phrase. All right, we got What were we talking about prior to that? You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't we, I got, I got something new for you, actually. Oh yeah, Kanye's irredeemable. Uh, the Infowars. Oh, thing we, was we, crazy. We, I said Aiden. That's the only reason we oh, even got. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Aiden Ross, the Switch streamer, is now having Kanye on his stream tomorrow. This is going to be the date of recording tomorrow I, on twelve five. He'll do it. On, yeah. Today is twelve four. So, uh, yeah. What the fuck? I mean, that's just going to be the most brain-dead stream I've ever Y'all, seen. Y'all, check this shit out. It's just a big glass jar with a lid for iced coffee. I love Big old straw. I love the jar, dude. I love I it. I love this thing. Yeah, it's This sick. is great. This is an early little Christmas gift from Sam. She's like, Ooh. use practical so you can have it sooner. And I'm oh, like, thank you. Oh, that's so fucking sweet. But it's also like the same kind of gift-giving vein because I also have that arcade cabinet she got me for Christmas months early because it was on sale already. That's fair. She got that with Cole's cash. You got that with Cole's cash? Isn't that amazing? That's that's hype. At least like part of it with it. God, that's makes it so much cheaper. Yeah, that's crazy. Hey, something about Cole's. Cole's Cole's is nice. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, let's put it this way. So, like, if you're looking for like athletic gear, which athleisure is like kind of the the in the wear for the last couple of years, yeah, you know, and it probably will be for a little while. Yeah, it's fine. On it's great. Yeah. Um, I think that like trying to find cool shit not really a possibility. Trying to find practical shit. Or shoes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you yeah. can buy some shoes occasionally. Yeah, yeah. Some runners. Yeah. But I don't know. It's an all right store. 
Why are we talking about Coles? Uh, hey, hey, <laughs> Coles has a big collaboration with Tony Hawk. I will not take that slander. Wait, do they? They still do they, Hawk clothing? They still do Hawk clothing, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. I should go to Coles. Dude, yeah, you can get the shirt that comes with a little baby skateboard. I can get the jeans, dude. Ooh. I can get the black yes, denim jeans bro. so I can go skateboard with my friends again. <laughs> 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 some oh, up shit today, man. This is great. This is a good episode. Good this, episode. Is a, this is a banger already. We're only 15 minutes in now. Yeah. That fucks with your brain, I bet. Dude, we're 15 minutes in now? Yes. Jeez, well, bro. you said you said or 16, I guess. Yeah. Uh you said something about being 15 minutes. I'm like, well, that was a little while ago. Yeah. Damn, I have to get this list up. Hang on one second. Oh. I have a couple topics. uh I'll just start going. Device is back. Astralis is back. Yeah, yeah, I knew Device is back. He's been announced well, for a little the, bit. Well he he played against a Danish team. He actually played the guy he replaced on Astralis today. Oh. And he top bragged with thirty two kills on the first map. And then the second map he did really well. And that's just always good to see. Sorry, one second everybody yeah. I have to send a very important business message. And then for some heroic news, uh, for the Blast Fall Finals that are coming up, or World Finals, whatever. Not the major that they're putting on, but they're, like, end to their circuit for this year, right? Heroic is having Stan, you know, take a chill pill, let him rest because of the year he's had. Yeah. He's, which is good, and they're adding Config as his replacement for that tournament. Interestante. Yeah. Which, very hype. Very, very hype. It's actually so cool to see, like, how much Heroic has become, like, a fan favorite now. Not a fan favorite, but well-respected. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Let's see. What else is going on in esports really quick? I'm pulling up the list. Oh, yeah. Here's the big one. Yes. The big one. Let's hear it. The Team Liquid roster is announced, and World Champion Pioshik. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. I saw that that is kind of crazy. So, let's talk about this as a bigger topic. The prophecy has been fulfilled. It has been now 10 years of LCS. And we're it's the 11th Korean. year. We are now hit the point where it's actually happened, where people talked about it when, in season four, mm-hmm. this uh, thing happened with LMQ. Mm-hmm. I know you know about this, but yes. the audience doesn't understand. So there was a thing created in season five's beginning called the import rule. Yes. Because in season four, an entire roster of Chinese players went to, in spring, at the beginning of the year, North America, did the challenger circuit, qualified for the LCS, got in, and made Worlds? Yeah. Third seed yeah. that year? Yeah. So instead of allowing that to happen uh, repeatedly in other regions, mm-hmm. they put a import clause in, so you have to have three, three natives. natives and two imports only. We have now played long enough time that we have three... Native na- Korean Native Korean speaking, because one is Australian and one is uh, United States. Yeah. So... And and for the clarity there, since everyone's going to ask, how is this possible with three Koreans yeah. and then a, an Australian or a United States player? So, Core JJ has is, been here long enough to become a resident. Yeah, this, he's been five years with Team Liquid now. Yep. Yeah. So he's been a resident for over a year. So that opens up a slot. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, it allows them to field two talents that are technically because uh, Oceania does count as a uh, resident. Do you think the import rule still holds water, or do you think it's antiquated now? Mm, no, I think it still holds water because I think situations like this are more exceptional at this point. I think they, they can only just... become more fluent in the future, and I think that the the big thing is that you should look out for the possibility of having then three Koreans, two Chinese players. I think they so. I think that's why today. get rid of it. No, because you're crazy. Listen, listen. It's the only way. We haven't hit the main question of this roster, but go on, dude. North America will never 
ever be good enough to compete with native like North American players. And by the time your imports become residents, they're not going to be good to enough one, to on, compete. Hang on, one to one rating. Okay, this is, I'm going to compare this. Twists. Twist is the only one that's good. Exactly. So how do we ever get a prodigy if we don't surround him in an environment where other people can bring him up? There is a chance for an NA player one day. You're telling me that like someone yeah, like yeah, she's, I agree, I agree. Like and you know who General Sniper is? Yes, I know. Right, yeah, so Sniper is like one year away from being able to play. How did Twist win his major? With an EU team. Yes, but hang on. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. Is that he would need to be. So what's wrong with having one NA project come up around four Koreans? But it's like built a certain way. What I'm saying is that over time now, right? Yeah. As the year continues on, we're gonna have more and more people who've been around long enough become residents. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have someday. You have impact. Who are also in these situations now, yeah. right? So you're insulating the uh, the yes. entire network of the pro teams, yes. right? And also we're talking about that the gatekeepers of the yeah. NA region now are yeah. also these older pros who have succeed, like who successfully had these huge careers. Oh, you've been drinking the hopium, it sounds like. Brother. No, I'm saying that if we're insulating the scene, yeah. there are two layers to it. The, the lower pro scene, which needs to be incredibly well-established players as well as young talent. Yeah. And then the next scene, which needs to be incredibly strong imported players That's who over time become as any residents and then make more rosters where you insulate it with more pros rotating in. That's, That's right. why I like the import rules because you have the insulation of certain players staying around and always making the league better. Yeah. Like core JJ. Yeah. Like core JJ will now be in NA forever. He never has to worry about going back for service. Mm-hmm. He's like done what yeah. he needs to do. You know, I think he's in his service. I did. Who knows? Or maybe because he's in any residence. Yeah, yeah I don't think he has. Oh. He, he just, it's not like we're going to extradite him or anything. Oh, wait. Someday. Oh, someday an impact are also giga chatted too. They're mm-hmm. giga brain, dude. They don't have to do military service now. Yes. They just get to live here and play League of Legends forever. Yeah. That's crazy. Crowy. Hey, what's, what's up, up buddy? Hey. Hey, yo. He's Come here. He's the dog. The dog. Look at that dog. Look at that dog. Look at that dog. Welcome, boy. Yeah, boy. But what I'm saying is that so if you have. The requirement of bringing, because that's the thing, like Steve talked about in the roster announcement, bringing Harry and Jan up mm-hmm. was like how Team Liquid has built a lot of these crazy challenger rosters over the years that mm-hmm. have become, and that goes even back to Curse Academy too. Hi, buddy. Yes. Yeah, he's oh, a- my goodness. Do you guys see this news? Yes. He's right above the logo. He's so cute. He's Damn. A, he's such a good boy. Damn, Growly. You cute boy. Um, but basically, if we don't have a rotating cast of people, like, for example, Whippo ended up in a shit situation, right? Where mm-hmm. he's not going to end up on any team. He's content creating. He's content creating for a year. He's probably going to end up on the analyst desk, which is just fine. I it's love, okay. Yeah. I love wide Whippo. Hey, Kadian was an analyst for a year. Yeah. He took a break. It, it, it happens. happens. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. But there's nothing. But we've also seen a lot of pros come back and leave and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. We've seen have come back this year. We've seen Bjerg come back already and yeah. be, like, still top of the pack. Yeah. He may not. Here's the thing. Bjergsen got this bad flack last year because he got fourth. Yeah. But they were the last game was super close, and Whippo and him were both trying to save it. Bjerg wasn't doing it enough, but Whippo was trying his hardest. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it was one game away from listen, being listen, a year man. that's not at tarnish. Like, like, you know what I'm if, saying? If you're expecting Bjerg to be the guy to be number one smashing lane or whatever, you're dumb. Like he he's more of a facilitator now. You know huh? what I mean? Duh. Yeah, he's. He, he, I guess he'd be like the equivalent of like an IGL. Crowley, can you uh, can you stop gnawing on the bones, sir? You're, uh, <laughs> you're being a little ridiculous. We're recording a podcast here. Good, sir. Yeah, Please. Just, can you just move it off the mic stand? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, there you go. There we go. There hey, we go. Yeah. Good boy, Crowley. All right. Well, anyways, uh, I think the important rule should stay. You can think what you want about it. You're it yet. But I think the problem there would be that if you could do that, you would just see full import rosters yeah. of like full Chinese talent. Yeah. 
full NA talent, probably because some people can't afford Chinese talent. Exactly. Still, yeah. Which is another problem is that roster costs are down this year. Everyone decreased spending basically, other than FlyQuest. That's fair. So well, I, I don't think you could afford the imports. So I don't know. I, I, obviously, I'm a CS boy, but like, yep. Cloud Nine, in literally even down to the coaching staff, is just all Russian or CIS. It's even a little. And, here's a little sad note on some coaching staff. Go ahead though. And uh, you got like, and like, it's exactly like you say. Like, there's Cloud Nine full import hype, and like in Dallas, they were North America's team. You know what I mean? Everybody was like chanting USA at these five Russian guys He's sitting on my mic stand. I know. I see That's that. so funny. <laughs> And then, then you have Liquid on the other side of the spectrum, yes, who has four like NA players and one import, and that's because they have the four best NA players. Yeah, I think you can. I I don't think like I think getting rid of the import rule is not gonna completely push out all these North American players. It's just gonna consolidate the talent. Yeah, and you know it's probably you could obviously like I think if there's one insane like a team, CS team Liquid, that's where Twist was, you know. And now he got to go to an even better EU team with great players and win his major. Yeah. And I feel like the same thing could happen in League of Legends. It could. I think the import rule is just antiquated. I think they need to make more international tournaments they, for it they, to be comparable at all. I think you're. I, we agree on that. We do agree on that. Something else we should really agree on. The sadness of seeing Nuke Duck move away from pro play into coaching. He was announced as 100 Thieves coach. <sighs> I mean, he's a dude. Guy had a champion ocean. So the dude's going to Bjergsen and Nuke Duck. Bjergsen's the laner and Nuke Duck's the coach. If you're Bjerg, are you taking any fucking advice from him? You are. Yeah. You are because you're Bjerg. Yeah, never mind. No, I don't think anyone even at this point in time when you're a pro in the system, like, I don't think you, unless you're a piece of shit, like Dardock. Adam. Uh, Adam. Dardock. Whatever. Yeah, Dardock back in the day. Maybe Dardock towards the end of part of his career and probably not. But. No, no, not when he was on TSM. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just reliving some trauma really quickly through my head. Yeah, you you repressed Dart TSM Dardock. I you? I really did because there was Acadian and there was Grig and mm. there was there was all these other people around mm. that time. So it was yep. kind of you know Mike Young, TSM Mike Young. Remember the Dr Pepper commercial? Yeah, dude. I didn't forget it. Nope. Dear God. Oof. Man, esports is wild. Yeah, it really is. You know, should... sports is wild. Did you hear about uh the Florida Gators quarterback? Who got suspended for for CP? Holy shit! And not in Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, Holy cheese pizza, Batman. <laughs> yeah, he like self-reported too. When the cop wow. asked him about it, he like said something very stupid, but not in the way of like he's like, yeah, someone else. I got it on the internet. Like that's where I found God it. God like, damn, dude. That's, and uh... it was, I thought this person was above his age. I was off the internet. Jesus. Yeah, that's man. crazy. It's football wild. Football's wild. Football wild, dude. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else we got. Shout out Tank Bigsby. Let's see, Mandalorian season three coming out March first. Ooh, okay. Not too long from not, now. Not at all. I'm gonna have a baby around then. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then I get to watch that. Nice, nice. Wow. Yeah, you get to have your own Grogu just with you. Oh God, I I just had a moment right there. I'm sorry. I I, I, I don't know if I'm good right now. <laughs> I didn't realize how little time there was between then and now, and I'm just like, damn, this kid's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, existential crisis around Star Wars says what? Yeah. Here's a little someone having an existential crisis. Netflix. Okay. Let's Although their success of Wednesday is just astronomical, from what I hear, I hear it's an amazing show. Yeah. Um, Prime Video apparently has replaced Netflix as the number one streaming service in the U.S. according to longtime industry tracker and associates. I think I have a feeling I know why. 
Because Netflix fudges their numbers. Or sorry, Amazon Prime fudges their numbers. They bought Thursday Night Football. <laughs> so like no no like it, on Thursday nights every no, bar I, I understand and, yeah like every bar yeah, like place, every place. And, yeah, yes yeah. yes I get it so it, it's gonna inflate those numbers yeah yeah it's I mean it's gonna inflate those numbers but the other thing too is that Amazon like notoriously doesn't release their numbers that are very adequate yeah like in a sense of actually tracking something it's more like an adjusted guest amount of number. Yeah. 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 You know, what I can mean, they, they, they only run 60% of the world right now. Only a little bit. Yeah. Uh, speaking of another percentage of that, uh, Lord of the Rings star Bernard Hill, mm-hmm. the guy who played King Theoden. Okay. That, that one right Elf there? King. Yeah. No, no, no. no, no Theoden. Not, uh, oh, Man, that, King of Men. Oh, uh, King of Men. Yes. The yes. King of Men who Gandalf. Still haven't finished the show. That's the, the, it's, that, that's the movies. Oh, you're talking not, about the movies. Okay, yeah, that's why I was confused. Yes, King Theoden. Okay, okay, like okay, okay. Two Towers Theoden. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha, yes, gotcha, yes. Gotcha. Okay, so he's the one who's like the king who's all poisoned and then yeah, he gets yeah. unpoisoned. Yeah. yeah, and then he's not poisoned because yeah. Gandalf sets him free and then they get rid of Wormtongue. Yep. And then they kill Saruman off screen. Watch the extended versions. Just going to say it. Anyways. There you go. So Bernard Hill has uh, hit out at Rings of Power and says it's a money-making venture and nothing more. And that it's not like a true appreciation of the source material. It's coming from a guy involved in Peter Jackson versions. Which, I mean, one could argue it's more faithful, but we also have places to go still. I mean, you're the you're the Lord of the Ring fanatic between the two of us, so you yeah. have to like let me know. I mean, I'm okay, so I'm three and a half way time through the Silmarillion. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I'm getting another version of the Silmarillion pretty soon, probably. Yeah. Uh, it's an illustrated version that's like brand new that just came out like last month. Okay, so that'll be really cool. It's like a hardbound book and okay. have maps and shit. Ooh. I know it's very neat, very neat. I like it. I yes. like it a lot. Anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that it's like purely a money-making grab i think that the, it, as is tradition with adapting tolkien off of paper into any form of other media i think something that looks that visually beautiful is just cannot be a money-making grab you know what i mean well so it's, it's obvious a lot of love and care well here's here's my big complaint right like so if you look at something like the warg which is like the little like wolf thing like mm-hmm. the, the like the big wolves that like yeah Try to attack the uh, what are they called? Harfoots. Harfoots. The, the Harf- hobbits. The Harfoots. Yes. Uh, so when they try to attack them, they're like more like CGI looking and like cute and not like as evil and menacing or realistic. And yeah. like Peter Jackson's versions twenty years ago were very realistic looking. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. well, why even bother to make something so like, you know, why why try to make something ma- like amazing and like beautiful looking that can yeah. like actually like appear as real or pass as real when yeah. you can just CGI the living fucking shit out of it. That's fair. And it's like, uh, take the page out of the Marvel book. Yeah. Yeah. Marvel book is, I don't know. I've heard Wakanda forever is pretty good. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I saw a good portion of it. TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? Like, I, I was, I was like scrolling I through and I was like, it. what the fuck is this? And then it took me a second to realize, oh, this is, this is someone in the theater right now. <laughs> just streaming. What a fucking beat. Bro, it's so On hood, dude. That's uh, sick. And because I watch these things for like more than a, like a, the algorithm, like is just giving me all these pirated <laughs> shit on like, you're a fucking bad person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the CCP knows what you're doing. And they're like, if only he was here, <laughs> yeah. we could jail him for years. <laughs> they're not letting anyone watch a movie right Dude, now in it's, China. It's insane how unregulated TikTok is. It's insane what's going on in China right now. You know about all that? 
No. There's like mass protests going on. Yeah. Because they won't let people like they're putting them on like massive lockdowns still for COVID. Oh really? Yeah. So I they're mean... like so the, there are people in the streets refusing to go inside their homes. Oh shit. Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, like I saw a thing about like the. You know, it's bad when Chinese people are you know wanting to protest and not afraid of I don't know another Tiananmen Square. That is fair. That is crazy. It yeah, wild times. We are living in. Damn, dude. Is this the dankest timeline or the darkest timeline? This is the darkest timeline. For I sure. don't know. Uh, okay, obviously, like, Hitler could It feels pretty like, bright in this the... room right now. Yeah. <laughs> this too dark to me. Yeah. I mean, I guess the timeline where Hitler won is obviously darker, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> That's your comparison, Kanye? Jesus Christ. Yo, I saw the funniest meme. Oh, it was, know, like... The episode of the last, the last title was ends racism yeah, yeah, yeah and i feel like you just revived it yes <laughs> yeah dude i'm a benevolent god i have to balance as all things should be oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay what were you gonna say you know uh, uh, it, oh i just saw the funniest meme it was like in 50 years in hell kanye seeing hitler and he's smiling and then hitler seeing kanye just fucking pissed <laughs> that's funny yeah that's very funny verbal meme what if what if Hitler's true infinite torture was waiting for Kanye West to come this to whole hell, time. so that way he can be like bothered by him forever? His his personal hell is just seeing someone who a, loves him so seeing much, a black but... man talk well about him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, He's like, I did the same thing for you. I, I revolutionized fashion. Hitler's just like, I invented the device the monkeys use. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, it'd be some shit like that. That's fucked up. Yeah. That's really funny. God, we're armed with this anti-Semitic joke recently. <laughs> Thanks, Kanye, for enabling us on this platform. Oh, fuck, See, you, you know what Kanye did when he became anti-Semitic? He lowered the platform for everyone Dude, else. yeah, the bar. We just made a terrible joke. Yeah. I mean, James Cameron needs to come and lift the bar back. <laughs> Avatar 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to distract you with another thing you love to yeah. talk about pilk. Did you see that Lindsay Lohan in a, uh, a Pepsi commercial is drinking pilk? No shot, yeah. really? Dude, at least Pepsi knows who they're real, like where their market lies. Crazy people. <laughs> yeah. People who have had to go to rehab I, many times. I had a Pepsi literally right before I came here. <laughs> Pepsi's good, but pe- pilk is weird. I, you know, we still have to do our taste no. test. <laughs> Come on. No, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'll get like the tiny, like little bottle of milk, you know, one can. That would be kind of dumb. Yeah, <laughs> I you, don't want to do that. You, you can froth it up or whatever. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm going to have a tummy ache after. Yeah, it's tummy ache. Oh, no. It's tummy ache. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, another little quick TV show I want to talk about. Have you ever watched I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson? I've heard it's good. So good. You yeah. should watch that. That's right up my alley of, of okay. humor. Uh, season three has just begun filming. Okay. Yeah. I, I did see the tweet about that. I'm well. very happy about that. That is going to be good. Yeah. You need to watch that show like soon. I probably should. I have a lot of shows I'm going to catch up on. Uh, here's a crazy thing that also happened too. So, you know, how I've played tricky Mac before. <laughs> Tricky Mac. Remember the Australian rapper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I remember. So Tricky Mac was having a retirement show. No! Wait, it gets crazier, though. Hang on. So he uploaded a full video of the show, and I was like, retirement show? How could it be? Yeah, yeah. And he's had quite a crazy history, you know? He's got the he's got the, the Benny T era at the beginning, which mm. was like 2017, and that's where, like, most of the, the poppin', you know... Views. Yeah, what little bit there is. Yeah. Uh, cult fame, but, yeah. like... It's Australian rap, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It's only going to reach so far, it, uh, considering it's, like, heavily leaning into being Australian. Yeah, I mean, like, that's already, like, a cult audience. Exactly. In so, the grand scheme of things. And it's about, like, you know, partying and doing cat and 
you know the best having a bigger penis uh, having the biggest penis south of the equator down it's on one of the down. bars yeah. you know just it's really great uh stuff either way so he has this show he does like all his performance and then at the very end of the show it's a return of benny t on stage <laughs> and benny t's like mate I'm back. <laughs> and he's just like, you quit, mate. You're like, there's like a whole, like he has like a whole saga with this other guy named daddy K. Yeah. Who's like another side character. Right. Sure. And, well, he's been like part of the Benny T era too, yeah, but yeah. he's a side character. Then Benny becomes like a part of the rap group, like whole affiliation of okay. Tricky Mac. Right. Okay. By the way, Tricky Mac has a mullet and wears like uh pit viper sunglasses or whatever the fuck. The things coolest fucking looking dude on the planet. And he's really cool. Yeah. 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 Fucked up teeth. <laughs> Talks about doing a bunch of cat partying. You really don't ripping cones. Eating moot. Yeah. Um uh, what's moots. vagina. Moots. No, not moots. <laughs> that's, that's not what that is. Uh, but sure, why not? Eat it like it's that. Yeah. Uh but the point is, they do this whole show. Benny T comes back on stage and he's just like, dude. You can't quit. I'm back. I'm I'm out yeah. of like I I I quit I'm my day job. I'm out of retirement. I quit my day job that I went and got. I'm back ripping cones. I'm I'm doing more cake than a it. horse could ever need. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also a line in one of the songs, yeah. right? And then they perform and then they announce they're doing one more album together. And I'm just like, let's but go. No, you love to see it. A reunion album. Everyone needs to listen to Tricky Mac. Yes. You, did, you need a little more Australian rap in your life. That's yes, all I'm he's saying. He's quite talented. The, it, it was actually kind of crazy. Like, yeah. watching the whole show, I was like, this is the nuttiest thing. And then I went and saw my Spotify wrapped afterward. Okay. Do, are we talking about Spotify raps? Yeah. Okay. You want to talk about yours? You want to pull up yours? Uh, it's on your Twitter, I think. Yeah, I did. I think I, mine's on my Twitter, too. Yeah, I got I got this. Uh, oblique, oblique Tory. Well, yours was the reason why I even posted mine, actually. Oh, okay. yeah. I always post mine, because, like, last year, mine was awful. It was, like, 90% anime theme songs, so all the genres <laughs> I got was, like, dude, one of my friend, one of my buddies, Noah. You're like, not ready for mine, then. We, we used to, like, like, every time we'd always, like, our thing was we'd show each other new music, so I'd always show him, like, cool, like, artists and stuff like that. Yeah. And, he like, when I posted the one last year, he just, go, he, like, texted me. He's like, dog, is everything okay? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like... Yeah, uh, I did not get any people on alert for mine this time, but uh, yeah. here's mine. So minutes listed, uh, forty five thousand five hundred and thirteen. That is a lot. Uh, I heard Brandon had over ninety k. That's almost like impossible to do all day, every day at work. That's fair. Yep, Spotify plays in the truck even when he's not even like in the truck. Yeah. yeah. You know? Have you seen the one where it's like somebody posted you had like four hundred thousand like minutes, and it's like keep mice away ringing noise like is the only uh, thing that's good that's very good all right let's get my top artist number one dgd yeah obviously and yeah. then uh four, two through five is legitimately either a it's like one it's one future funk okay artist which uses heavy samples of city pop and then the middle three are all city pop okay and then my top songs it's three it's three different, or yeah, it's like three different free throw songs. Yeah. So it's emo music. Okay. And then uh, it's one of those uh, future funk songs it's called "Remember Summer Days." That's fucking. And then it's a Fallout Boy song, a single Fallout Boy song. It's "Tell That Mickey Just Made My List of Things to Do Today." Okay. But it's, it's like it's OG Fallout. Yeah, Boy. yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. literally opening track, first album. Okay. okay. Um, and then top genre future funk. That's pretty good. Which is really funny because yeah. my it, it just shows how my stream has fucked up my Spotify's listening minutes oh, so bad. Yeah, that's where it all comes from. Yeah, but DGD I, still managed to be my top artist. Yeah, I I'm pretty happy with my artists. I'll, I'll save two. One is DGD, three tiny moving parts, hey. four ASAP Rocky, hey. five Hot Mulligan. I was very proud to get this back to normal. Hey. But then number two, I'll just read you the top songs and you'll probably like get the same feel. 
Number one was Winlandia. Okay. You won't know that one. Number two is Flashbang Dance. I feel like I'm getting an idea. Number three is Easy for Ents. All of these are songs by the guys who made that song. Oh, God. And that is my number two. And then two DDG songs. That's fucked up. How would I? Why are you listening to so much CS songs? I th- I think I listened uh, last year. I listened to Easy for Ents like four hundred sixty times. This year was a lot better. Okay, <laughs> see that's where you get crazy here, right? So like the the things of like how many songs I've listened to the most. Yeah. I saw the the stat for my number one, which mm-hmm. was the Corners Dilemma, yeah, uh, by Free Throw, and that was only sixty eight times. Yeah. So I listened to other songs like probably comparably very close oh. number of times. Whereas that's what other people say, like, yeah, I have a song played like five hundred times, and I'm like, I've never even been close to that. Yeah why so what's wrong with you dude first of all they're really good last year so every time they played i'd just be listening to that just really loud okay respect like that's one thing but also like i don't know that was another thing my spotify said it was like you're a creature comfort creature you know creature of comfort oh okay i gotcha i gotcha that makes sense like i don't know i don't like go out of my way to find new music so like and then my discover weekly is dog shit usually yes sir so like when i find new songs it's like maybe a couple songs a month that i find all right that makes sense that makes sense i can get down with that But like what's what's wrong with listening to some finished pop idols you know (laughs) on repeat because this year is flashbang dance with like a hundred shut up idiot man (laughs) yeah i'm done with this and winlandia like a hundred you know what else is done though u.s soccer yeah I dude, I can't believe people thought we'd like get any further than what we did. We did good. We did good. We did very well. We did good. Um have you weird note on that, my brother yeah. who won state back in 05, if okay. that was to say like that kind of achievement. Yeah, that's still on that achievement. It is though. Yeah. Because the person who he one of the people he played with on that team was Tim Ream. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's like long childhood friends with him. Yeah. I yeah. forgot about that. I was like, oh yeah, Tim did stay at our house a couple times. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. That, 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 that did happen. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of cool. Here's a little food for thought regarding the U.S. men's soccer team. Mm, food. So somebody, like, you know the world loves shitting on the U.S. for, like, getting beat in soccer? Just not, like, being as good as we like to claim we are at sports? Yeah, but it's because women's is so much better. No, 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 no. Somebody said our, our freak athletes are all too busy playing baseball, football, or basketball. And someone made a starting 11 of soccer with, like, LeBron James in goal and, like, Tyreek Hill at, like, four, right forward. What do you, what do you think? Up. What do you think? What do you think? Shut if up. I can't of... even. No, it, can't, it would never bro, work. Bro, it wouldn't bro, work. bro, bro. You're telling me if those same athletes started playing soccer the same age they did no. football, they wouldn't be, like, just freaks? I mean, they'd probably be freaks, but, like, no. I think we'd be slaughtering the planet in soccer if it was our main sport. We'll let you have that take. Dude, come on. We'll let you have that take. Literally... We'll let you have that take. That's fair. That's, also, That's fair. I, I don't agree with that notion whatsoever. Well, if it was the U.S.'s main sport, all the money that gets poured into these other things would get poured into... You think so? A hundred percent. Dude, yes. If if soccer was like... If, if the NFL was number two and the MLS was number one... The U.S. Okay. would be literally the premier. No, I can I can groove with the idea you're trying to put down here. Yeah. Okay, let's go through a couple rapid fire. Not rapid fire. But, but it's, like, it's just funny to I think like... of LeBron James just playing in a goal. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron James. <Yeah. laughs> yeah. he, when he, like, tosses the ball back. Imagine people talking about the era of, of soccer or football where yeah. Michael Jordan played versus <laughs> where LeBron played. <laughs> 
He was playing uh, football with plumbers. <laughs> there's no way LeBron couldn't kick a ball farther than Jordan, even yeah. during his era. They changed the rules. Dude, Patrick Mahomes as a goalie would just if be people was so goddamn corrupt. Yeah, true. All right. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. So this is when we typed in this morning. We did a little back and forth. Uh Polygon posted this article. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tell me about this. Pokemon shit. arcs to watch while you're like playing Scarlet and Violet, right? So they're saying, like, hey, some people like the game and do these things. This is adventuring. So like you know, it's kind of dull. Sometimes you need something to keep you entertained while you're just walking around. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's fair. It's exploration. Some people don't really love that. And, you know, I've been one to watch something while I game. That's fair. It's pretty commonplace, okay. I think. Um, it's hard for me to, like, think of Pokemon as, like, the different parts of Pokemon as arcs. Because you always just think it's episodic. Well, that's the thing. It, that's where I was like, oh, arcs. Like, there's going to be little fun story arcs where it's, like, multi-episode. Yeah, or, like, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, maybe, yeah. like, N when he was around. Or yeah, the shit. Paul full six battles. I was like, oh, I'm waiting for a good little list of, like... What are these hot lists? Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. This is why I gave me cancer. It was literal whole, like, journeys. And they're, like, like they're, just... they're ranking, yeah, the whole journeys of Ash. And this is where it got really <laughs> bad. Wait, 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 wait. You're really going to love this. So where do you think they put what? Like, give me some give me some uh, general guesses. Um, what do you think is number They gave you seven. They gave they you gave seven. They gave you seven? Yep. Uh, give, dude, give me I number don't... seven. So number seven is probably the Hoenn League. Nope. It wasn't? Nope. What was what was number seven? Number seven was black and white. The fuck? Okay, whatever. Yep. Number six is Hoenn League. Nope. Is it Sinnoh? Hang on. It can't I'm be gonna, Sinnoh. I'm going to pull this up again. Make sure. Oh, is it the Orange Islands? What do you think was number one? They probably did the OG. No. no Sinnoh. number two. Sinnoh, then. No. <clears throat> what the fuck is number one, then? Oh, is Sun it and Sun and Moon? Okay, yeah, actually, I agree. I agree. That's that's gas. They're like it reinvents the Pokemon genre. It does something different than it's done before. The reason it, it, it's just gas, bro. Is it really? It's it's straight gas. Like because like there's a fight where like Ash. But Journeys it, is better though. Yeah, I'm sure. So that's kind of crazy. They would even recommend Journeys. Like, obviously, it's not so 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 in English. We're we're kind of nostalgia baiting ourselves here because from X and Y up, like all those series, the shit got crazy, bro. And like it's always it like and like it's cool seeing Ash the best like, Pokemon anime arcs to watch while you're playing Scarlet and Violet. Number seven, Black and White arc, 10 to 10 2013. Like, cause dub seasons, Black and White, Black and White Rival Destinies, Black and White Adventures in Unova and Beyond. Yeah. Number six, actually, you're right. It was. Oh, and yeah, 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 I figured. Midden. Yeah, I agree. Five Diamond and Pearl. Disagree. That's that's a good one. Do we we call that the turning point? Present Journeys number four. That's not. That's wrong. That should be number one. I agree. Yeah, it's the greatest story ever told. Yeah, of Ash. Yeah, of Ash of specifically. Ash. Well, maybe Orange Islands actually. I like the Orange Islands a lot. Orange Islands is like the, Orange Islands is my nostalgia. Is baby that. journeys. Yeah, but it's fun. Yeah, because it's Ash actually like overcoming shit, and then he has to fight that dude in the Orange League and win. He has to fight a Dragonite then, and he beats him. Yeah. Also, the Squirtle getting Hydro Pump. That episode is so fucking so hype. great, so great. Yeah, yeah, he does this fucking five way spin. spin. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude. Why did no game ever give Squirtle a Hydro Pump thing looking like that? Yeah, I I don't know, dude, because uh, Game Freak's lazy. Three X and Y. That yeah. Two OG. One. Sun and Moon. I don't get why OG is as high as it is like og is objectively just kind of because there's so many memorable moments there are there are there's the boat episode with the saint anne or the ssn that was okay so you you probably don't remember this but when pokemon first came out before it like aired aired on tv Mm -hmm. there was a test episode 
and it was the ep- first part of the SSAM story oh, with okay. the huge cliffhanger on the end of it. Oh, where he trades Butterfree and it crashes like the boat. Yes. Yes. I, I yes. Know. That yeah. whole thing. Yeah. 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 That. So that's literally like where it leaves off into like a massive cliffhanger. That was the test episode they did. Really? Before Pokemon aired on TV for real. That's insane. I saw that as a kid. Yeah. It's and I was like, this is nuts. And I had this video. I saw a video of someone talking about how that was the test episode. And I was like, I forgot that happened, but I remembered <clears> it like. As soon as they said it, I was like, I do remember this. Yeah. And then, like, crazy. The second episode's literally just Ash running back to that same guy who's just still standing by the trade machine. Dude, imagine if Jesse and James had traded for that Magikarp. Imagine if they had gotten skamazed. Yeah. Crazy. That would have been crazy. I mean, the Magikarp did save their lives. The giver did. Yeah. Well, the, you know. He. Yeah. He. <laughs> but, um, no, the Pokemon and anime, it ramps up a lot from X and Y. Just because, like, Ash is evolving his Pokemon. He's actually, like, yeah, being a competent trainer. We've talked learning. about this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it, I think that it starts off in, you know, Sinnoh, and it just keeps escalating more yeah. and more over time. Black and White kind of had a, a lull. Yeah, for sure. But I think the problem with Black and White is that, like, as a generation, people look back on it, and they're like, mm, not my favorite. But the reason why is they don't realize the brilliance of Black and White. Th- that it's the, arguably top three generation. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this really quick before we move on from one Mon to another Mon. Okay. Um, do you think that the Diamond and Pearl remakes were a failure? I don't think they're very good. You don't I think, think so? they're very uninspired. I think the issue is that the originals still hold up. Yeah, exactly. They're still it, good. It, it's like I, when I was playing through that, it's like these animations are animations I've seen in the other games already. Yeah. And it's just like... I could just play a ROM-hacked version of Sinnoh and get more enjoyment out of it. But hear me out on this, brother. Did you see that Nintendo put a patch up <clears throat> on Scarlet and Violet? Oh, did they? Yeah. Good. They actually like like made a statement, too, saying, like, these are not acceptable. We, sh- we should have done better. We need to do better in the future. We're fixing it now. We're going to continue to make it better as we go on. Does it include textures? I don't know. It better. <laughs> and you're going to try, I hope. Yeah, I hope so. I, I think that the problem is, like we talked about, having a deadline, trying to make like every two years a game or a generation yeah. every three years. Like, just slow down. Yeah. Take one extra year. Because I think like the best games are like very well spread apart. You know what I mean? Four and five. Yeah. Diamond and Pearl and Gen Black six. and White are probably that jump That jump to Gen 6 was amazing. God, the jump to Gen 6 was so refreshing. It, it, What's like, your favorite big mechanic? Mega Evolutions. Even over terrestrializing, oh, the terrestrializing and terrestrializing is better than Gigantamaxing for sure. Uh-huh. I like it a lot. It makes some types, right? Yeah, so it changes your. Poke- I saw, I saw like a uh, what was it? What's the a Volcarona so, that then turned into a like, water? Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And then if you change it, like say it's like a, you have a Volcarona and you have like you get the fire type terrestrialization, it just makes your moves fire moves that yeah. much stronger. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's just another like way of stacking EVs. That's even like more annoying than Gigantamaxing or Z. What do you mean EVs? EVs and IVs, like okay. Oh like, well, no, like, you, can, you can you can make your you. That's the no, 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 you don't have you, to catch them. Uh, you can just change your Pokemon's IVs in game. No, I get that. Yeah, it's cool. But what I'm saying is that like now it's like another thing to look for. Like you're out, you finally find a terrestrializing. Great, I'm so excited. It's the fire type one, the one you want. Yes, or it's the ground one. Oh fuck, this is the worst one. Yeah, you can't change that. It's just another layer of the hunting. Is yeah, which saying. is cool. And like they <laughs> did, they did make this game the easiest to shiny hunt on as well. I've heard that. And a lot of the new Pokemon shinies are kind of dog shit. You know, it's a really good podcast actually. Supplementary people to check out on top of ours if you enjoy it. Noodle Shop. Okay. It's uh, oh, Rich yeah, W. Yeah, Campbell, Tech yeah, Town, yeah, and Maru. Yeah, yeah, it's actually good. It's not bad. No, it's, not it's, bad. it's really good. Have you heard, have you heard their, uh, how much they've spent on gotcha games? I don't think I finished the episode. I need to. 
collectively between the because Emery doesn't play gotcha games. Yeah. I actually said that collectively between the other two, close to a milli. <laughs> but they, they, that episode. they they hear also that. stated that Farmville was their first gotcha. Yeah, I did hear that part. Yeah, <laughs> I just think it's the part where they revealed the number yet. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, so two more ideas here to wrap up the pod. All right. We're going to talk about something nerdy. We're going to go from one mod to the next mod. Yes, yes. So I listened to a video, and then I did some clicking to confirm what I heard in a video. Okay. I can prove to you that War Greymon from Digimon could beat, like, anybody in a fight. Saitama. Yeah, okay, hear me out on this, okay? Yeah. So Saitama can, can one-punch things, right? But we've seen him now against uh, Gauru. I don't think they had that fight yet. Right, that's what I'm saying, but that's yeah. in the manga. Yeah. And that guy uh, is making him actually work a little bit. No, more than a little bit. A I don't know. I haven't, I haven't read the manga. Oh my God, it's an yeah. insane fight. Anyways, the point is he's met more characters that really just can't be one punched anymore. Yeah. He's done that. We, we, we're giving him challenges. He's actually able to fight competently. Okay. So I'm going to give you a little allegory here. So Digimon Season 3. Okay. Front, it's Tamers. Okay. That yeah. is Takata. Oh, I love that one. Great. So, so you're much. familiar with it. Yes, Great. Dude. So Gallant. That's the one where they turn Takata. into the Digimon. Yes, yes. They fuse with them oh, into becoming the DNA. The, dope. Yes. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So when, before the he does. Digi dopamine hitting my brain. <laughs> so before that Digi dopamine hit your brain, when he first turned into Gallantmon and was able to take on uh, one of the, uh, the Heavenly Digimon, the sure. Big Phoenix, yeah, right? Yeah, when he yeah. beat him. Before he did that, he turned into Megidramon, as you recall, right? The I, big dragon form that had the it had the nuclear waste symbol oh, on yeah, him, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he did that before, because Takata was too hard trying to force him to digivolve to Mega, mm-hmm. so he could fight Beelzemon, yeah, right. So when he did that and he turned into Megidramon, Megidramon, when that was happening and everyone was freaking out because it happened, it was because Megidramon was potentially going to destroy the entire digital world. Yes, and it's a multi-dimensional place. Like the, the digital, the digital world, world is multi-dimensional. Exactly. Yes. It's a multi-dimensional, like there's universal. different planes. Exactly. Yes. So, so hear me out. So Megidramon <laughs> is weaker than Gallantmon. Yes. We've seen this yes. like mathematically because yes. Megidramon could not have taken on one of the holy beasts. Gallantmon did take on one of the holy beasts yes. and won. Yes. Okay. It was only interrupted by another holy beast, Zhulongmon. Comparably. We have also seen War Greymon fight the Dark Masters in Digimon Season 1. Yes. The Dark Masters defeated the Holy Digimon to create Spiral Mountain. Okay. That's how they got power in the digital world. They had to defeat them. So, we can assert, because War Greymon one-shot Metal Seedramon and one-shot Metal Dramon, or Metal Dr- Draymon, or whatever it is, the big, like, uh, yeah. Tyrannosaurus with the two, like, guns on his shoulders, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are stronger than the Heavenly Digimon. That therefore, by trains also the other connecting factor is that um, Ryu, sure, or Rio rather, the uh, the brown haired uh, like fourth Digidestin introduced towards the end. He had Justimon. Yeah, he had yeah, Metal yeah. Uh, uh, Metal or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he is actually from Digimon season one. So season one and season three are in the same universe. Okay. So we can establish that these two are now this you can actually compare. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those those allegories of heavenly Digimon versus the, these are all set in the same universe of Digimon. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, obviously, you can contextualize this whole argument around universe of what place, right? Sure. Shut up. This doesn't matter. So, uh, so in there, hang on, wait, 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 we're getting there. So we can transitively say, because War Greymon defeated two of the Dark Masters, yes. who are, by definition, stronger than the Heavenly Digimon, who are as equal of power as So War Greymon's greater. the strongest Digimon. He's stronger than at least Gallantmon is, and Gallantmon was stronger than Gidramon, who is theoretically a multi-dimensional level threat. Okay. So War Greymon's stronger than him. 
Aren't there like multiple War Greymons? Yes, but we're talking about the War Greymon because he's very easy to establish what it, we're talking about. He's so like, there's multiple of these guys, technically. I mean, there's guys stronger than him, but that's not the point. Okay. The point of what I'm saying is that War Greymon could trounce Saitama, Superman, Goku, because none of them are multi-dimensional being level threats. Regardless of digital world or not, you're putting them in a fight. So hypothetically, uh, all of their not, layers... Is there not like a version of Superman like that? No. There's a lot of comics. I feel like there has to be like one. But that's the whole thing. It's like around the sun. It's You're not deleting just the sun. You're deleting the entire of existence. So if you can't exist, then he can. Ichigo, no diffs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's good. That's good. You saved me there. Yeah, I watched this whole video and I did some some clicking and I was like, damn. Yeah. And then there's just like crazier Digimon that are like even more nuts. I'm sure the Digi lore is fucking insane, bro. There's like Yggdrasil, the world tree, like Norse mythology involved and shit. There's royal knights. It's crazy. Dude. What the fuck, bro? I being can... a Digimon kid was weird. And not, yeah, I can it, imagine. Like being Pokemon bro. kid was cool. Being Digimon kid was weird because you. I'm so glad because Pokemon feels like, even though it's not, it feels way more cohesive. Yeah, it's tame. Digimon's Why? fucking balls to like, the wall. Like spending season four's got trains. Spending the four for like four years of my life just thinking there's only one Articuno, Moltres, or Zapdos, and then Hoenn rolls around. And there's like fucking thirty what of the them. Fuck? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> what a scam. Man, I I've been shitting on Hoenn a lot, even though it's my favorite okay. generation. That's your favorite generation. But yeah, I love Gen three. Mm, Gen three's okay. That's my nostalgia bait though. That is like when I was most cognizant yeah. as a child. You know, I feel like the big nostalgia bait game for me is Soul Silver and Heart Gold nowadays, which I feel like it's one of the most complete Pokemon experiences. Still, I can tear down Gen two for you real quick. Gen two sucks, but Gen four remake of Gen two is fun because you can get Gen four Pokemon in there. Until after, like you know, it's like it's game like, shark heart soul and action soul replay. silver are like they're good remake they're faithful remakes in the fact that they're too faithful and you can't get a hound hour until you get to kanto shut up idiot <laughs> hey i'm just saying <laughs> you're not wrong okay so we're gonna wrap up on one little segment here so i'm sure you've seen a couple of these these fun bits uh that other card channels do oh yes, 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 right? yes, yes, yes where yes. it's someone explains their history of one card game or their other card games yeah and then they go in blind not knowing uh, everything about staple or shitter essentially yeah staple or shitter essentially yeah yeah, yeah that's that's one of the ways we call it uh but let's let's explain there first so you are a yugi man man i am a yugi man and have you played any other card games really before like are you been like invested in any of them um i mean i've dabbled like with Hearthstone briefly sure. and things like that. I just like okay. I've enough to so you, enough to you know... understand the mana system in Hearthstone and then like the the damage, right? Yeah. They have like I, life and they have damage. Yeah, right? yes, yes, perfect. yes. I, I, I know those concepts. Cool. That's perfect. That's a very good translation to help us get into this one. So we're gonna talk about a game that I've been mentioning very much a little bit in the background <laughs> the last couple of weeks, Marvel Snap. Okay. So I've I I'm hopelessly addicted. Yeah. It's yeah. super fun. Yeah. Also, Rich W. Campbell talked about playing that too. Really? Very briefly. Yeah, he, he said that in a uh, in a legal shop episode. Okay. He's playing that a lot. Nice. And he's saying people aren't talking about enough what they're doing for card games and what they're doing right now. So, yeah. I'm going to pitch the game to you. Okay. And then I'm going to show you a series of cards. I'm going to hand you my phone to do that and you will, I believe, just swipe to the, the right, right to, and... to view them. We'll talk about them. I'll have the image on the screen, obviously, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, audio listener, I get know we, we don't really make fun of them as much as we used to yeah, anymore, but get bent get, when get it comes fucked. to a visual medium, you know, yeah. like it just happens. Uh, All right. So what is Marvel Snap? Yes. It is a collectible card game Yes. that is available on mobile right yes. now on iOS and Android and on Steam currently yes. as well. Um, so cards all have two stats. Okay. They have energy, which is located at the top left. Mm -hmm. That's like their cost to play them. Yeah. And then power, which is their like. Damage, Attack, yeah. right, essentially, right? Yeah. 
Um, the game is played on a field that has three lanes. Yeah. And it's over the course of six turns. Quick question. Yes. So say you have a card with like five power and mm-hmm. I have a card with six power. I attack your card with five. Am no. I left with one? No. Okay. No. We'll get there in the next line. Okay. So where the objective over those six turns is to play your cards in the lane to gather power. Mm-hmm. So there's a zero on each person's lane. Yeah. And then you add all the numbers together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that, so there's no battling. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. it's you put cards down, I put cards down. It's about tempo at that point, right? Yeah. So you very well could end up in a situation where they've played a card on turn one that's two. Mm-hmm. And then you play a card that's like three. Mm-hmm. And then they play another two. So now they're at four. Yeah. Right. So over the course of the turns, you are gathering your cards, playing them to make combinations. Make interactions happen. Can you pop and destroy other your opponent's cards? As, there are cards that do that. There are locations that do that. That's a whole other thing. So okay. the lanes, there's like three little sure, lanes. Sure, They're sure. unrevealed, but turn one, the first one reveals. It shows okay. a location that has a description. Okay. The next one reveals on turn two, the next on turn three. They're randomized every game. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a series of locations, yeah, yeah. right? And they all do different things. Some lock you out of playing cards that cost one, two, or three. Okay. Some lock you out of cards that cost four, five, six. Some yeah. do other things. So we're going to get to there and all that. Um. But to win the game, you have to have more power in two of the lanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? So it's not about having... You can have the biggest number possible in one lane. But you need to have it in But you need to have well. it in two lanes yeah, yeah. by winning. Yeah. And games can be uh, one... So, like, if there's a tie in one lane mm-hmm. and you each are winning another, the way it's determined who highest. has the greatest difference yeah. in power. So um, that's where, you know, numbers come in. Uh, a couple notes for you to understand before we get into the actual cards themselves. Okay. So the way the energy system works, which is your resource, mm-hmm. is similar to how mana works in Hearthstone, where it's like you start with one. Yeah. And then a coin, obviously, if you wanted to play the coin, but you don't do that really here. There's no coin to play. Yeah. Um, but there is so turn one you have one energy, turn two you have two, turn three you have three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up to turn six. Okay. Um, decks only have twelve cards in them. Yeah. Okay. Games are six turns long, like I said. Fast paced. And, yeah, games are like five minutes long. Tops. Yeah. On like a long game. And then your starting hand size is three. And you each draw at the start of a turn. Okay. So in a game, you will see nine of your 12 cards. Okay. Okay? Do you have any other questions? No, I think I got it. Okay, cool. So we're going to start with our first card. After I pull up my pictures. Yep. Cool. Here we go. So our first card is going to be Cyclops. Okay. So Okay. So why don't you tell us about that card? What do you see going so on So I there? see it's three energy, so it costs three mana, essentially, yep. cost. And it's four damage, yep. which um, I think I'll know better once I see some of these other cards. But that feels fine, I guess. Okay. And uh, talk about what else you see underneath, like, the actual art of the card. Let's move X-Men. So it's, like, in quotes, right? So yeah. it's a vanilla. It's, it's, a, a, it's, it's a vanilla. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's not having an effect. There are cards that have tons of effects. Oh. There are vanillas. Okay. So this is a vanilla. This cha- is a 3-4 so, vanilla. This is a starter card. There's there's a st- set of cards you get even started. Cyclops is one of them. I would say this is not a staple. You would be correct. Yeah. This, this is this not exactly knowing, the best card. So, knowing that there are vanillas. Well, I, let's talk about it. There is... So vanillas start off of the game, right? You have a lot of vanillas you start with. You get one called Misty Knight. She's a one-two. Yeah. Um, you can unlock Shocker in series one where he is a two-three. Okay. Uh, you have the Thing who's four-six. You have Abomination five-nine. You have uh, Hulk six-twelve. Okay, so, so some Hulk vanilla is, sounds is, pretty crazy. Yeah, like Abomination and Hulk are you know nine and twelve power, and those That's... are your two strongest cards when you start playing the game. Yeah. So those cards are a little bit more favorable in the mm-hmm. early early stages. Now there is one deck late in the later game. 
because there's the way the, the card collections work is there's a pool of cards. Yeah. Right. And there's pool one, which is like your starter pool. Yeah. yeah. And you have pool two, which is a little bit more advanced and then pool three, very big pool. Okay. okay and okay. a lot of more technique based and like things. So they build strategy. You, they yeah. give you like essentially like a basis of cards to build up through. And then it's yeah. like randomized which ones you get so you get to improve strategies as you go. Okay. That's cool. And it's got now a pattern. They've got to essentially unlocking on a path to where you're guaranteed like every four rotations of these caches, you're getting like certain things. And mm-hmm. so every four, you'll get a card. Yeah. yeah. Almost guaranteed. Um, you might get a variant, which is a whole thing. Let's not get into that. Yeah, yeah. But basically, crazy enough, Cyclops is incredibly bad, actually, amongst the vanillas. So yeah. there's the strategy. There's this character card called Patriot. It's a three one. Um, and now I, I, you can probably get the idea that since it's also a three. Yeah you want to play Patriot on turn three or like on turn six and you really don't want to like have another three and you don't really want to play Cyclops of all cards because he's only a three, four for comparatively a two, three and a four, six around him are much better. Yeah. So Patriot buffs all of your vanilla cards Mm, by like two. Okay. So the problem with Cyclops is that he is amongst his peers, even in the vanilla pool, he's the slowest Yeah. and he's not worth his resource. So two, two, three for like shocker is like actually a good value yeah because you can then build it to i was five, gonna say right? i feel like th- like once i like once you said the other numbers too it's like it, three four feels like that awkward yeah three four is very clunky three yeah. five would be almost justifiable yeah but that's like so there's actually a lot of people who are talking like i was talking with one of my my he's a viewer on my channel but also a family member mm-hmm. uh, who plays a lot too and we were talking about like who's the most disappointing card mm-hmm. and it's either adam warlock or it's cyclops okay um and adam warlock feels disappointing because of who he is as a character in like marvel's like canonical universe he's a literally a an infinity stone wielder but he's like a win more card yeah he's like a two zero drop and he's like if you're winning this location draw a free card at the end of the turn oh okay. so you're gonna get to draw it's more. just win more yeah, yeah. it's a win more so it's not good all right good guess on the first one yeah uh congratulations you passed okay. your first one we got six more cards to go all right number two okay oh, quick okay. silver so one two. It's a one two. Starts in your oh, so this is something that always opens if you pull it. So for context, in Hearthstone there is mulliganing, right? And so in like Magic, there's not Yu Gi Oh. So I know you don't really care about mulliganing as much personally yeah. Yeah. in card games, but a lot of people do. There is no mulligans in Snap either. Okay. So this card, its abilities, it'll always start in your hand. Exactly. I mean, a one two that just is always there for your first turn seems good. I don't know. I'd say this is good. If if you have a strategy that revolves around it, this is a good card. This card is incredibly mediocre. Really? I yeah. feel like, okay. So it's also a starter card, which yeah. is, when you first get it, it feels like one of your best cards. And it, it, it is by far in the very beginning stages probably one of the better ones. Like It feels like a consistency you have card. A gar- you have a guaranteed one drop. Yeah. You have a guaranteed one drop on turn one for two power. It gives you that advantage of knowing your hand will be this way. But mm-hmm. when you start to look at the math of how this card works, you're actually lowering the RNG chances for your other cards to be drawn and get your big strategy cards. Really? Because it's because it's front end. So this is anti consistency almost. Um, in a way, there's like one strategy I've heard of, which is very complex to explain. But basically, you have this card called Electro, who plays on turn three for two power, and he gives you permanently plus one energy but then you are limited to playing one card per turn okay so then so it's a floodgate in a one card deck yep. then he's good like if you're only using these so there's another card similar to him called domino who's <coughs> a two three who appears on who you could draw on the second turn and not before yeah so you will draw her always on turn two so yeah. there's a situation where you could theoretically go quicksilver domino and then set like the rest of your deck up yeah that is like 
very it's hard to explain what kind of decks you're going to be playing in the situations but mm-hmm. basically like they're very rng based yeah they're not good and then you're already limiting your rng potential yeah. by playing quicksilver and domino and when you play them together it actually has uh a, a exponential growth effect on the decay of the rng factor you are now relying on to play your rng based deck okay there are decks that are like really consistent and there are decks that are less consistent but like way more fun to play yeah because you're trying to play off of an rng factor We'll see a couple of those cards a little later on here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Quicksilver is mid, pretty mid. Okay. Um, he's good at the very, very beginning, but after that, he's not really even good in the later stages. Uh, okay, I gotcha. All right. Your next card, America Chavez. Six, nine. You always draw this card on turn six and not before. That feels good. Explain why you think it feels good. Because, like, I feel like if you draw this anytime before six and you don't have the energy to play, it's a brick. But you can't. Because the effect, because the effect, yeah, yeah, that's what. So without the effect, this would be kind of like whatever. Mm-hmm. But because of that effect, meaning you can't break, this feels good. Like consistency in Yu-Gi-Oh is the like, name of the game. To remind you, just also this too, another six drop we've already mentioned, but haven't seen is the Hulk being a six twelve vanilla. Yes. So you're getting three less power, but a guaranteed draw. Exactly. Right. And I think like if you draw a Hulk turn one, you're holding it for five turns Correct. in hopes of playing it. So I think this is good. Okay, yeah. Uh, this card is probably the best pool one card in the game. Okay. So I know you're familiar with Yu-Gi-Oh, so let's give you the best analogy. Upstart Goblin. When, you, when okay. you're living limited in, in that as having one Upstart Goblin in your deck, you yeah. are playing a 39-card deck. You're yeah. playing three Upstart Goblins, playing a 37-card deck. Yeah, exactly. So in this game, there are 11-card decks, essentially, when you play Chavez. Yeah. Because, and now the other thing, too, is that you are going to not see three of those cards, but you increase your consistency for other win conditions. Yeah. So. There is a really great example of this discard deck I have that is an apocalypse-driven deck where he, if he is discarded, he's a 6-8, but if he's discarded, you add plus, he goes back to your hand, and he goes plus 4. Okay. So your goal is another card called Dracula. Mm-hmm. Is Dracula's a 4-0, but at the end of the game, you activate it and you discard a card from your hand, and it gives it that power. Oh. So the way you play the discard deck is with Chavez and Apocalypse. Even though Apocalypse is your bigger win condition, yeah. Chavez is consistent. Yeah. So you will always drop for nine power on Dracula. Yeah. If not dropping for at least twelve, because if you drop him at eight, he discards goes four. back to twelve in your hand and then Dracula becomes twelve. Yeah, that makes sense. If you haven't already discarded him a bunch more. Yeah. For like twenty plus power. Yeah. So he's insane. Yeah. But Chavez is insane in almost every deck. Yeah. Because she can add consistency. Because so in the opposite way that Quicksilver and uh, uh, Domino affect RNG negatively, she increases your RNG. Yeah. Because you are playing into a guaranteed pool of eleven. Yeah. On your initial hand, and then your first five turns. That makes sense. She is very good. Yeah. She seems good. She's probably, I'd say, my favorite pool one card. Yeah. She's up there on one of being some of my favorite cards. She's she's good because of consistency, right? Like, yeah. She can't be a favorite card in the way of like what she actually forces interaction wise. Yeah. But she's a fun card. Okay. Sounds All right. Good. So now we're gonna get into a little bit more how effects work in the game okay. and like in text and stuff. You're gonna see certain terms that are in boldface. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna give you one here. Mantis. Oh yeah. So this is a one-two also. Yep. On reveal. So that so means when, when you, it, play, when you it. play it and then it when it flips over and shows. Yeah. Okay. So if your opponent played a card this turn, draw a card from their deck. So it's playing at the location you're at. Yeah. So if they play at a different location, it doesn't take effect. But if they play a card in the same location as you. This is bad. Why do you think so? I mean, like, it's it's dependent on the turn, like, your opponent playing into it. 
Okay. And you're taking a card from their deck, which doesn't necessarily help you, I feel like. Correct. It, it, you know, yeah, it just yeah. doesn't seem good at all. Uh, you'd be correct. Uh, Mantis is pretty mid. Yeah. Uh, there are other cards with on reveals that are very good. Uh, another really good example of one is Iceman. Iceman's yeah. a one-two who, when you play him, he on reveals and it makes one of your uh, opponent's cards, I believe, cost one more. So you could take, say, their three drop on turn. Okay, yeah. Three, so on it turn two, helps you play them lose Iceman, value. and now their three drop becomes a four drop. Yeah. And now they are like, oh, my plan is ruined, or I have to play a different card. Yeah. Like sequence okay, of events. Okay, you can okay. throw off game plans. Yeah. That so that Iceman's probably he's I think early pool three. Mm-hmm. He's or maybe late pool two. He's one of the best one drops. Yeah. That is like consistent across a lot of decks. He's yeah. like like the let's say the Chavez of one drops. Really. Okay. Okay. So that's what. So Quicksilver. Now you've seen that one drop, right? One two. Yeah. You've seen Mantis on one two, who's yeah. kind of mid, right? Yeah. There are other cards like um, a couple other one drops that exist. Blades of one three, who discards one card from hand. One three. Wow. Yeah. But he works well with the uh, discards, Apocalypse yeah, deck, right? Yeah. The discard strat because you just start discarding cards right away. You're yeah. building up power. Uh, that deck's funny because Morbius is actually in it, so you can <laughs> you can get Morbin time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny because Morbius is a two zero drop, but he has this ongoing effect where if you discard a card, he gets plus two. So oh. in a discard strategy, you're like trying to play him early, mm-hmm. and he starts off as a two two because you've already played Blade One. Yeah, and then you continuously build him up. So while you're trying to stack your Apocalypse to build up your Dracula, you're actively building up Morbius. Be Morbius so you're Morbin out in one lane. You're playing Dracula in that's another. That's hilarious. It's a fun deck. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Werewolf fucking vampire strat that's kind of cool it's cool yeah, yeah it's cool all right now another on reveal card all right all right here we go here we go jubilee yes this is a four one so that kind of feels bad read the effect on reveal play a card from your deck at this location that is fucking amazing explain why you think that oh that's just it's it's a straight summon from deck Any anytime you're pulling cards from your deck without having to draw them in any card game i feel like that's just great so let's talk about the math of this so Jubilee's a four drop. So yeah. you're going to play her on turn four in most circumstances. Yeah. There are things like locations that add one power that turn. So you can give it play it on turn three and end up okay. getting like your third location reveals. It's a plus one power that turn. Now turn four, you're playing or turn three, you're playing Jubilee. Yeah. Um, What Jubilee can do is you can build your curve of power. Mm-hmm like with a lot of six drops or five drops, like higher drops that you yeah. normally would not be able to get to play. And you can like stack your deck with like six of them. So I'm talking your top six cards of your row, right? Oh, so it doesn't account for power. You can just summon any. Yes. It does not require conditions either. It just, it, it's on reveal, right? It's yeah. an automatic. So that's so, amazing. So you build essentially a casino deck in a way, Yeah. right? I have a couple of them. Actually, I have like two that play around her. Uh, and one I just built this morning that is actually incredibly consistent. Yeah. There's this other card called Lockjaw that you have no idea. He's a little dog. Okay. He's three, two. Um, but when you play a card there, it swaps them with a card in your deck. So you play Jubilee, it pulls out a card, and then, then it swaps swap the Jubilee it. for another oh, card. That's fucking it's crazy. insane. Yeah. Um, the deck is very fun. What to a play. chain link. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's very interesting. Uh, yeah. Now, she can seem kind of mid by the stats. The right? stats are, the yeah. four one are kind of iffy. Now we're gonna talk about the next card that I'm gonna show you is mm-hmm. gonna really help you understand the power of Jubilee more. But basically, you can build your deck in a way. So that electro deck where I was talking about the one, two, three, I had an idea once, right? And this mm-hmm. is where I was like, well, this is bad. So I had Chavez in the deck. Yeah. So Chavez would make the RNG better. Because if you put Chavez in the Jubilee deck also, you're mm-hmm. not going to, you might play her out, but you won't draw her. Yeah, yeah, Um, Which then does increase you get your other six drops possibly in your hand, but like it's, it's, it's catch 22. Yeah. Right? So then I thought put Quicksilver and Domino in the front of the deck and put Electro to get that extra power. Mm -hmm. So then on turn four, I have like five power or whatever. But then I thought like, wait, I don't need extra power to play Jubilee. Yeah. Like I'm still playing her on four. It doesn't make sense. Right. 
the idea was to Jubilee Casino, yeah. where it's like you don't RNG on the front part the first two turns, and then you're like, all right, if I get Jubilee turn three, great. If I don't, but, I'm fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I do get her turn four, we're awesome. And if we don't, by the time we get turn five, we start establishing. Yeah. Um. So Jubilee's very interesting, but this next card is going to give you a little more perspective on her. Right. 620. Yes, the Infinite. The Infinite. Great name. Great card. If you played a card last turn, you can't play this. This seems bad. Okay. So that card is actually insane. Is it? Oh, wow. Yes. So you, you can just not. You it's can pass turn. Jump. You can pass turn. Yes. You can leave unspent energy. Now, there's other cards that supplement that idea, too. Like okay. this card. It's called Sunspot. He's a 1-1. One, oh, one. So, so if it's like turn three and I only use two energy, that extra one goes to my next turn? No. Okay, good. Let me explain how this works. So yeah. Sunspot's a 1-1 one, one drop. Mm-hmm. And he, for every unspent energy, gains power. Okay. So on turn three, let's say you play a one drop, and then you have two left over, he'll gain two to go to three. Oh. And then on turn five, you hold your turn, and he gains five power, and then you can drop infinite the next turn. That's fucking crazy. You also can play a heavy curve deck, a heavy, like, six mana curve deck, mm-hmm. right? With like a lot of sixes and fives. Yeah. And you can play infinite, and if you know on turn four you don't have him in your hand already, because the way the math works with Jubilee, right? Yeah. You draw three cards at the beginning of the game, by turn four, you've now drawn seven of your cards. That means... Can you Jubilee him out? Yes. Oh, that's fucking crazy. Ignoring conditions. Yes, that's you can. fucking so crazy. he's in a lot of Jubilee decks. Yeah, I was going to say... Because you can just casino him out, and it's like, one yeah. deep. Yeah, exactly. Can't do anything, idiot man. Yeah, GG. Yep. Yep. Um, so he's not good in the way of, like, if you're trying to play for turn five at all in your deck, mm-hmm. which you just don't do. That's, yeah. that's the whole strategy. He's a strategy maker. Yeah, right? he's a so, playmaker. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, our last card... Before we wrap it up here. Okay, okay. We have another six uh, drop. Six zero. Arminzola. Arminzola. On reveal, destroy a random friendly card here. Add copies of it to other locations. So if you had one Jubilee out and then you play the So when you read the line again where it says add cards, right? Add cards. You're not playing it, you're adding it. Oh, so there's so no on reveal. It's correct. just okay. It's just a it. copy. So it's it's a swarmer. Can be, yes. Can be. Uh, feel like i wouldn't use this card very often it feels very niche okay i think it's uh definitely not a staple but not completely a stinker uh this card's nuts is it this shit card's fucking insane oh fuck. all right so think about this there are a, there's a location yeah that does make a turn seven happen a turn seven. Oh, yes. okay and there's also a card called magic it's a, 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 a five cost three drop mm-hmm. uh yeah, yeah, yeah so she's a five and three and she makes a turn seven happen so what you can do is in a lot of decks, and I have a few that do run Armin without even having magic. I do not have her. Yeah. Armin Zolakin, there's other cards like Black Panther, where mm-hmm. when you're on reveals, it doubles his power. Mm-hmm. And that on reveal does happen when you you oh, pop him. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess actually you could do it with Jubilee too, but you wouldn't want to, because with Jubilee, the thing is like, okay, so the, the goal of Zola is to play Zola on a, a, where there's only one other card in the lane. Okay. You don't want to play on the Jubilee lane where you summon it, because you might pop your Jubilee and then try to like, cycle more and get dog shit yeah or you might not even have space to put another jubilee in both locations yeah but what you can do is pop say like black panther you can pop um vision who's a five seven you can pop magneto who's a six twelve yeah uh the hulk right you pop a big card and then you make two copies at the other locations oh so you win those locations and you're usually playing zola like at the end of the game okay so you're putting you put zola down in the lane you're just ignoring because i feel yep. like you only focus on two lanes to win correct yeah, okay, okay yep okay. yep it is really good when you you do win three lanes i'll mm. say that it, yeah i mean it feels very good when you beat them in all three and you're but, like, like what's the point 
Uh, you don't need to. Yeah. You don't need to. It's just embarrassing somebody at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Styling so, on them. Yes, yeah, sir. Comboing off, even though they ready to FF. Yeah, basically. Uh, now, that being said, there's one other card I wanted to show you. Okay. Gotta find the actual picture I have. Damn. I don't have it anymore, so we're just gonna skip it. Okay. That's a vibe. We'll but, save it for the next one. Yeah, I guess so. Also, um... I talked to B about this, and he said that he'd be down to do another guest spot soon. Oh, hell yeah. And we should curate a list similar to this for Marvel well, Snap and but Yu-Gi-Oh! for you also. Yeah, so yeah. we do two segments. Okay, I'm into it. Yeah, he said he'd be down for that. All right, I'd, yeah, I'd love to show It'd be a lot something. of fun. Yeah, I got you. Because he's, like, very magic-heavy. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I was talking to him last night, he's like, yeah, I just don't fuck with any other game. And yeah, I'm that's right. Like, that's such a B. And he's just like, yeah, I just don't need to. It's just not magic. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, can we show you stuff at least? He's like, yeah. yeah. And I'm yeah. like, all right, cool. So with that, we're going to wrap up the pod. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Peace Later. out. Love you guys. Uh, love you guys.